too loud. All I can do is get closer to the microphone. That that works. That's, that's, that sounds That's better. with my nose touching the microphone. Oh, I yeah. love it. Perfect. Stop smelling that microphone. Who knows Smell where that it. nose has been? Smell the gloves. This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Ooh, that was a clean hit. That was nice. Well, that was a goodie. Yeah. That Thank was you. textbook. Thank you. Uh, my name, of course, is Mr. Rob Minot. Joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello. And Mr. Steve Barkley. Good day, y'all. I've decided we're all misters today. I don't know for some reason. I just I was in the mood. You've been listening. I self-identify. <laughs> what was that, right? I said you've been listening to too much Mr. Mister. Oh, good, good 80s callback. That's right. How are you guys today? I'm How okay. are you doing? That's it? Yeah, right. not bad. Not bad. Doing well. You know, just dodging, uh, dodging lawnmowers outside, so uh, I'll have to do a lot of uh, muting this episode, I think. Yeah. Well, it is the season. I feel like we're starting to ease into summer, but it's still it's still weird weather for June. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get some sunlight. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw a breakthrough today, and and it was it was awesome. And then it went away. Yeah, yeah. It's still pretty overcast here. Very sad. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all we got for you. That's it. We're done. Weather. We always start talking about the weather. I think maybe is that a Vancouver thing that we just complain about the weather? Or you think that's like that in other cities too? I think everywhere we talk about the weather. It's small yeah. talk, right? You know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. It's banter. Hey, there's a show there. Hey, good idea. Show in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, What's been happening the last week mostly? Uh, protests and coronavirus. So, you know, <laughs> we don't want to talk about coronavirus. So how about them protests? Yeah, how about them protests? Um, yeah. It's so hard. You know, it's... I find the news cycle is really difficult to navigate sometimes because you're really at their whim because I don't even know if there are protests going on still because now they've switched back to talking about the coronavirus again, um, which is all the everything that I see is, is all about. Yeah, we're going to spike again or we are spiking again. Um, but now they're not, you know, they're again, they're not really talking too much about whether or not uh, there are any protesters out in some in any of the major cities or what's going on. So I have to I have to admit, I'm kind of confused. Well, all you got to do is turn on the panic station CNN and they will tell you what you should be panicked about, how often and where. I know. Well, that's what <laughs> that's the channel that I watch. But that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's really happening. I think that you're right, Steve, that you kind of have to go outward and you have to watch something like Al Jazeera or something to actually get a an actually an, an unbiased view of actually what's going on. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got the BBC News website up in front of me right now, and uh, the, uh, the big story on there is life-saving coronavirus drug major breakthrough. What? Really? 
Yeah, I guess they they found that this uh, inexpensive drug, I can't remember the name, hang on, I gotta look it up now. Uh, it is a low-dose, low-dose, it is a low-dose steroid treatment, uh, dexamethasone, and what they're finding is that if they, if they have people on ventilators, if they um, uh, give them that drug at the same time, it uh, cuts down the deaths by about a third. And for uh, people who are on oxygen, it cuts down deaths by about a fifth. So, significant. That's, I mean, that's not bad. You know what scares me, though, is that I keep hearing reports about um, the fact that people who have had it um, are still having, like, ongoing symptoms or, or things that are still, you know, sort of look like to me that they might have, like, permanent damage. Yep. That's concerning. Yeah, they don't really know what the ramifications are going to be long term. Yeah, so that is good news, but I still don't want to get this damn thing. No thanks. Well, uh, hey Ryan, Rob, uh, what are we doing today? I don't know, Steve. What are we doing today? Don't pass the buck. Well, if you're going to pass the buck, I'm going to say that we're probably going to be talking with Mike Calvo from Numa Solutions. We are indeed. Formerly of Serotech. That's correct. You guys go back way back with this guy, right? Yep. Yep, way back to when we were with Aroga and uh, the Serotech dealer for Canada. Way back when the earth was green. <laughs> and you had bangs. Uh, or wait, did you ever have uh, bangs? I, well, I did back in the 90s, maybe, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think, I think in this century. I think I've seen one picture of you. I don't. And I don't know how old you were, but you, it was. It was long enough. It was way back there when, like, you. I think you were wearing like one of those like long black trench coats. Oh, I yeah. think you had like long hair. Yeah, uh, there there were times. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it kind of looked like Kevin Smith in the Jay and Silent Bob movies. You're like a little little Silent Bobby there, I think. <laughs> I suspect that Mike's going to have a lot to say, so um, I think we should just uh, go ahead and bring him on. What do you guys think? Let's do her. All right. Well, Mr. Calvo. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked, people call me Mike. All right. Mike's well, father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My well, father. I don't, you know what? You, you have such a storied past, I don't even know where to start. But um, why don't you just give us a little bit of a snapshot of, of who you are in terms of uh, what, what's your vision and where did you start out? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I started talking for a month. Yeah, right. Hey, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, thank God we're friends. Now, the, the, the thing is that uh, I've, been, I've been sitting in this industry for, oh, my goodness. We, we started in software about 20 years ago, 19 years ago now, and started with a company called Serotech Corporation. Serotech the job at Serotech was to really create a community and a set of products that most of, uh, when we started Serotech, most companies were focused on getting blind folks access to the internet and computers, uh, the, the folks that focused on the internet at the time from nine to five and in school. And we said, you know, we want to be that company that deals with the consumer 
that deals with the people from five to nine or five to whenever and on the weekends. And we did that, but as we started innovating, we started also finding uh, market segments in the mainstream that were not being addressed by other players in the AT space. So we developed remote support products, uh, you know, and, and a screen reader that you could basically launch from the web uh, and was free. We, we had the first free screen reader, in fact. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, we, we, we run a far second uh, when it comes to free screen readers to NVDA. Amazing work those guys have done. And um, a couple years back, I really just started looking at the landscape and saying, man, where, where do I fit? You know, 20 years is a long time. Even 15 years back in the day was a long time. And you say, man, where do I fit in this new landscape? Um, in 2010, I wrote a book um, about the cloud and it's available on Amazon. I was, it was very interesting to read back at that book from time to time and look at what, what I uh, was able to predict and what really happened. Uh, thank God I was relatively on track, so I wasn't the laughing stock of our industry. Um, but uh, as we as we speak now, uh, I've moved into totally being in the cloud. Uh, our product, our new uh, company, Numa Solutions. Actually, Numa means cloud or or uh, wind with knowledge, air with knowledge. And what we've set out to be is your premier source for accessible cloud technologies. You know, the, the, and we brought a couple of the old Serotech products over that were relevant. And Serotech uh, uh, has gone bye-bye pretty much uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, not in a bad way, it served its purpose. Uh, new company, uh, new leadership, kind of a, a better, better honed vision, a little bit more appropriate to what we feel is the current modern day, uh, just computing solution. And of course, community. You know, right now, especially in the weird times we find ourselves in with uh, COVID and, and all of that, uh, and other challenges here in the US, uh, our demographic feels very lonely, feels very uh, stuck inside I mean, not, not to mention, it's just dangerous on so many levels to go outside. And we want to be that company that provides a level of communication that's uh, easy to use, that's entertaining, that's informative. And uh, to that end, we've uh, got a, a whole new set of products coming. Well, before we jump into NUMA, what is the current status of products like DocuScan Plus? So DocuScan Plus, it's, it's safe to say that every former Serotech product is currently under review and, you know, either up for end of life or up for refreshing. Um, we've been very public about our feelings about the screen reader. And while we are end of lifing system access, in the grand screen, screen reader sense of the word, we are going to continue to use the system access core <clears throat> to, um, to kind of, to, to self voice our own products. And, and in many ways, we're actually returning back to our original roots where we had the whole freedom box environment. Uh, is that a word I can use these days? <laughs> um, but um, 
you know, the, the, the way that we're circling around and using system access in our current products is to self-voice them. And that will go both for RIM and RAM, which are our, our remote incident manager and our remote access manager, which are the remote products. DocuScan Plus, um, the last version was 3.0, great product, uh, combination, kind of a, a, a local and cloud hybrid. Uh, we have a new product that NUMA is producing that we'll talk about shortly that I think we're going to be ushering in uh, some of the features of DocuScan Plus. And of course, DSP owners will be, uh, you know, will be brought into that either at low cost or no cost, really depending on as we go down the road and, and, and what the challenges are. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to write anything in stone, but we're definitely here uh, we're definitely giving it a go in the next few years, and I don't particularly see why we wouldn't uh, why we wouldn't uh, make it happen. We've we've still got a very loyal base. Serotech has never been a huge company, and I don't expect Numa will be a huge company. I think that uh, as we focus in on our users um, as a community, as the community part of our or the consumer base of our users. I think that we're more concerned with giving people a reliable, consistent experience than we are about providing all new kinds of bells and whistles and advances and you know, huge advances in technology. Uh, our users tend to be older. Our users tend to be, I, I want to just turn it on, push a button and it works, as opposed to give me 50 different things that it can do. But at the same time, uh, what we do behind the scenes is so elegant that guys like you, Ryan, would, would definitely appreciate where we're going in the future um, just for, you know, for what you do at home. It'll give you a break from, you know, what you have to do at work every day and, and the complexity of even scanning a document, for example, where you got to give it to a couple of different engines and see who does better. Right. So um, t tell us uh, then about NUMA and the new products and how you got that company going and where you're at with it now. So ironically enough, <laughs> um, I was going through some, some, some court situations a few years ago, some legal situations with uh, having to do with my marriage and, and that kind of thing, and, and, uh, and decided I was gonna represent myself in court. And I did that, and of course we all know that story about the guy who represents, you know, the, the, the person who represents, represents themselves in court has a fool for a client, but that's a whole different uh, story. <laughs> um, but what I found was as I dealt with the e-filing portal of the court, it was very challenging for me to both uh, publish and likewise review um, electronically ba electronic you know e-based uh, files and, and, and exhibits um, while they would be uploaded into the portal in a probably like an M like a, a, a PDF format they were still they could be a graphic they could be a you know partially done PDF and untagged PDF all kinds of stuff um, at the time I was working with Matt at Serotech and uh, Matt said, I said, man, I need to be able to do this. And we've been playing with an idea 
that we actually incorporated into uh, DocuScan Plus about being able to scan PDFs. But I was like, dude, what if I could just do this on the fly? And then, and then he did it for me. You know, we just put together a quick and dirty prototype. And I played with that for about two years. It worked through the court thing and this and that. And I played with it for about two years. And a few years ago, a couple of years ago, the light bulb went on. And Matt, as, as, uh, as you guys may or may not know, Matt left Serotech to go work for Microsoft. And he's doing amazing things at Microsoft with the screen reader over there, with the narrator. And um, one day I called him up, I'm like, man, what do you think of this product? I said, I, I, I really believe that if we embed this product in websites and give people a quick way, almost a, a just-in-time accessibility solution that they can look at these documents and even convert them to alternative formats. So at that time, a product that is now called Scribe was born. And, what's, and, and, and of course, Scribe has come a long way from that initial, hey, why don't I just go to a website, find an, uh, a PDF file there, right click on it and just scan it. I mean, and that, that for a blind person enough is pretty powerful. But when you add that with what we've done uh, in the couple of different versions of, of Scribe that are available, it, it's, it's darn near amazing. Uh, we've included, now of course, it's, it's much, it's about five years, six years after I even brought the idea to Matt's attention. And machine learning has come into play, uh, many other technologies, things like uh, auto-labeling of, uh, of uh, alt text for, for graphics. While they're not great, they can do the trick. So we have been able to come up with a system that without any user interaction, provides about 95%, 96% accuracy when creating a tagged PDF. And it converts any printed, any printable online material to a number of accessible digital formats, including Braille, MP3, DAISY, large print, all these things within a, a push of a button. Uh, for our clients that are going to use this thing when we, when we launch it, we're about to launch it in March. <laughs> we all know what happened in March. Um, we, uh, we expect to provide a full path to what we call human remediation, which means that if the version that is immediately given to you from a, from a, a source is not to your liking or is not exact enough, 95% is generally good enough, but not always. Um, and we understand that and we don't believe that, that uh, providers of, uh, of materials should be allowed to distribute content that's only 95% as good as everybody else's. So we provide a way for you to, with a click, request a fully human remediated document. And the cool thing is that as that document is remedied, remediated, we feed that stuff back to the model, teach the model where it made mistakes. And you know what? The next time it scans a document, I mean, while there are millions of documents, there aren't millions of document types. And uh, it's going to learn and it's going to get better. And our goal, guys, within the next five years is to create a fully digital document remediated system which we uh, 
we, we believe like at the previous company, we need to uh, humanize computers, not computerize humans. And we've come up with a, a term we call augmented document remediation, which means the computers are the ones that are doing the work and the humans help the computers get along, not the other way around, not where we have a human doing most of the work, which is very expensive, especially when it comes to document remediation. And we allow the computer to do the heavy lifting and the human comes along and says, ah, no, you did that wrong or, oh, we need to nip tuck that. And uh, we, have, uh, we have some really cool stuff on the horizon when it comes to just Scribe. Now, all of that, like, this is no small task. I mean, it's not even, it wasn't all that long ago that there was no sort of built-in accessibility tools in anything. Um, you know, it was only in the past, what, maybe five, six years that, that Microsoft has added some sort of a, you know, accessibility checker into, say, their, their packages. Um, but there's still so many ways that any sort of document can be inaccessible. Um, yeah, I know, I know myself, like I've just spent two days, um, you know, turning, um, financial information into an accessible document and it's taken days to do. So what you're talking about is so valuable, um, you know, especially in, in the business world. Is this kind of just a good fit for you in terms of, in terms of the scope and what your aims are? It's, it's certainly a challenge. I mean, the, the problem, I think the biggest problem, believe it or not, is not so much the technology. The technology to do this has been around for a long time. The problem is that like most situations, if, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. And human remediation of documents has been humming along really well. And the governments have been mostly the ones paying for that. And you know, um, as, as much griping as governments do, they pretty much have pretty deep pockets anyway. So basically the document remediation business has been happy charging 15 bucks a page or 10 bucks a page and doing all the kind of government work uh, for, for, for creating, you know, for, for recreating legacy documents for government. But now that there's such a focus on every aspect of the internet being a publicly accessible place and meeting things like in Canada, your, your accessibility laws there, your Accessible Canada Act is very similar to, uh, if not more, more stringent in some cases than our ADA here in the States. Uh, and now that websites are considered public places, you know what? 15 bucks a page just doesn't scale well. Yeah. Uh, so somebody's got to come up with a solution that says, hey, we're not going to charge you. We're not 15, not 10, not five we got to charge companies a reasonable rate to provide a reasonable level of access. And if, a, and, and the laws, by the way, the, the, the laws that these things are based on and the standards, even WCAG 2.1, I think we're up to now, standards are still pretty darn flexible. They're pretty left up to interpretation. The reason you hear about these people being threatened with, you know, multi-million-dollar lawsuits and 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 you know being taking hundreds of thousands off of documents offline is real simple. Is they did nothing, and then the law said we're going to make an example of you, so we're going to make you become an impossible number, one hundred percent accessible. That's impossible. 
And, uh, and so to me, I said, well, if we got in front of that train and we came to companies and said, listen, guys, we're going to provide you a way at the very beginning, because as I said before, this technology gets better with machine learning, right? As, as we get better, so is the technology. But right now, we're going to give you at least 95, 96% you know, accuracy for your current documents and your legacy documents. The problem isn't the current stuff. There's a path to make that stuff accessible um, because there's a, a way to do it, as you said before, the, the Microsoft checker, which, which I, think that I think that Microsoft should actually force that on every document mm -hmm. and make companies turn that off. Um, because I think that accessibility needs to be a part of the, the core creation of mm -hmm. any product, you know, or service or document. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. Um, I think that, uh, that with providing a, a company a tool that they can put in front of their content that a user can click on, immediately have a look at the document right away without the company doing anything to it, and they say, you know, this serves my purpose, or going to the company saying, well, you know, that's kind of cool, but I really need that document in a way that I can read it, 100%. And the company make a commitment to say, you know what, we're gonna get that to you in, in, in a week or two. And then providing it. And then not only providing it, but then turning around and replacing it on the website so that the next person and that the next person that needs a document gets a fully remediated copy right away. Right now, a lot of companies are doing remediation just in case. As the guy who takes care of the money, <laughs> I need to make sure that I put the money in the right places. And spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on documents that somebody may never read, but just need to be done just in case doesn't make sense to me. Doing them on the fly, doing them in advance at pennies per page, which is what we can do. And I'll be happy to cite a case study where had they, had our technology existed at that time, and even if they use it now, they'll still save millions and millions of dollars with our, with our technology. That's the California situation. You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we just had, we had a conversation actually just last week about, um, an article that I had come across um, talking about uh, COVID specifically and, and how with this, with this huge shift in, in go everything going online, um, it makes digital accessibility so much more important than it ever has been and has been really putting the pressure on companies and organizations and to, to realize that, wow, you know, if, if, Going online is somebody's only recourse to participate in a service or to reach out and contact uh, an organization or, or whatever the case may be. Um, that pathway has to be accessible. Um, and it's the same thing with even um, even schools. Um, you know, there's still talk here in Canada. I don't know what, it, what the situation is like down there, but um, it's still looking like come September, um, a lot of the universities here will still be, you know, virtual. Um, and in that case, um, you know, textbooks, uh, tests, quizzes, uh, even lectures themselves, they all need to, ha to be accessible. Um, and that's going to mean, you know, sometimes, you know, video 
video um, lectures, for example, are going to need to be transcribed or they might need captions or so there's all this stuff that needs, you know, a real quick turnaround time. So, you know, in a way, I think that you're striking while the iron's hot, because I think that what you're going to see is that in the next year, um, there's going to be a real demand for really quick and inexpensive ways to make everything a lot more accessible than it is right now. Yeah, but you're, you're dealing with something here that, that needs to, that we as a community, and I mean the consumers of this content, myself included, we need to be a little bit patient because for all this time we've, for captioning, it's only been very recently that you have YouTube doing real-time captioning, and it sucks in certain <laughs> cases, but it's really darn good in others. Same thing with audio description. Now you're starting to start to starting to see audio description done with text to speech instead of a human. You're starting to see thing products like our scribe product that are going to be perfect, but if you give us a chance, if you give the technology a chance to grow, you know, as a community, we need to demand, I think, that these technologies be vetted, that they be tested, that they be enhanced, and that they continue to be in, in, enhanced. Not just where we say, okay, we've got this, so we're, we're happy with this, and let's not do it, but this, you know, let's not do any further anything else to enhance it. You have no idea how many people I talk to in the you know, document accessibility world is like, well, this is never going to work. 95% isn't good enough. I'm like, why not? Why not? You know, if it's better, you have a way. But let me tell you, when you compare a dollar a page to $15 a page for a 4% differential, you know, that's yeah. a lot. Also, the fact that, you know, sometimes, um, I mean, the cited the cited among us on the on the meeting today you guys when you look at a pdf document on your cell phone there is no way on god's green earth that you could tell me that every single time it comes up it comes up perfectly formatted and you can read it and you don't have to scroll and you don't have to guess what the heck this is versus where that goes over there right yeah okay absolutely okay so so why shouldn't i enjoy the same frustration <laughs> that's true you know, I mean, why, why does my, you know, when you read a, when you go back and read a newspaper from the 1900s online and you see the picture of it and some of it is great and some of it is blurry, why, if I develop a technology that gives you 95% of the accuracy of that 1900s newspaper, why should anybody in, in any position of authority say, you don't have the right to even access 95% of that because we can't make it 100%? You're, 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 limiting, you're limiting my access to information. Yeah. And that's what we do is we provide you 100% access to 100% of the information, 100% of the time, and if you need it better, you know, we, we, we're, we're, you know, you can still, you can still infer a lot that you need to infer. And the technology, as I said, it, it gets better. And because it's cloud-based, we don't need to send out a bunch of software updates or anything else. It's, it's just done in real time. Hi everyone, this is Steve from Canadian Assistive Technologies and this is a shameless plug. Tablet-based magnification solutions have really taken off over the past couple of years. 
Products like the HumanWare Connect 12 have been extremely popular. Now we have a few different tablet-based systems to go along with the Connect 12. The Connect 12 is based on an Android tablet, which can be great for places using Google Classroom services, but sometimes you need a tablet with a bit more punch. The Mercury 12 from TriSight and the MagnaLink Tab from Low Vision International have similar functionality to the Connect 12, but both are based on the Microsoft Surface tablet, a full-blown Windows computer. If you're looking at a tablet-based system, you can look at all three on our website at www.canastech.com. What is kind of the, the target audience that you're aiming Scribe at? So Scribe started, I mean, really everybody can use Scribe. Every person with a print disability. And, and Scribe is a product, um, while I myself am visually impaired and, 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 and the majority of the customers that we serve are. Scribe provides um, any printable material on a website uh, or on a corporate intranet. And that, that's a very important differentiation in a second. Um, in various accessible formats, be they large print, braille, uh, MP3, DAISY, all of these different formats that can be consumed by a number of different products on the market. With people with dyslexia, people with, you know, with, that they use braille alone, people that use large print. Um, and that is where we, you know, we can we can put the technology on a website so that every time uh, somebody encounters a link on that website for to a PDF or to to a document, there's a button there that says "Scribe it," you know, uh, and they click on it and it says, "What format would you like this in?" And you tell it, and it says, "Okay, give me your email address if it's going to take a while." If not, you're welcome to hang out and download your finished, you know, whatever it is, e-content, you know, braille, large print or whatever. Um, we are developing for our Cero subscribers, a, uh, and Cero is a, a product, our community uh, offering that we sell to consumers. Uh, we are providing a, uh, a, an extension that you can put into Chrome that will allow you to right-click on any printable material on the web and produce it with Scribe locally. You know, well, using our cloud service, being able to produce it on the fly without having to have the, the webmaster or the owner of that content uh, tell you yes or no. And that's, uh, we're working on that now. We're, we're just getting ready to put the, uh, the, 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 the bow on that and put it out. And that was actually written by Mr. David Calvo, my son, uh, who, yep. And David, David is uh, a budding young engineer. He's in his second year, uh, actually starting his third year at Johns Hopkins, uh, in computer science there. And he heads up, uh, he's not only, this is what he, this is kind of what I did on my summer vacation. Uh, but, uh, David is also the head, uh, of, uh, of, of the work that we're doing on machine learning. So, and, and, and we like it because we keep young blood around. Uh, we're a bunch of old guys now <laughs> and, uh, and we don't think the way the youngins do. And, uh, and David is just bright and full of energy and full of ideas and, uh, and, and, and really has a heart 
for the community, I guess, obviously. Uh, so uh, we're, we're real excited about what David is doing. And other members, Matt uh, is still continuing um, working uh, on the Scribe product. And we have a couple of other engineers that are working on the others. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a fun, a fun ride going forward. The other versions of Scribe uh, consist of a desktop and a server appliance scenario that can be used on private networks for information, for example, for employees that need to access highly secure information in law enforcement and medical situations where the information can't go out to a cloud service on the internet. We still provide that, that service on-prem and that's extremely important. Uh, for uh, folks with print disabilities to be able to work effectively in their job. Because right now, um, you know, for a blind person to get, for example, if they, get a, a, if they work for an insurance company and they need to process a claim, they need to look at information that's submitted to them and they may need to run it through three or four different technologies just to see which one scans it better just so that they can pull the information. Not only do they need to go through the problem of learning the technology, the cost of buying the technology, but also the time to use the technology. Scribe does it in a, you know, in a heartbeat. We just do it in one click. We find, we look at the document, we analyze it, we say, this is the best tool for the trick, and we provide it, and it's economical. You know, so it's not... The one question that might come up, and I, I don't know I don't know anything really about this technology, but if somebody is submitting a document to Scribe, is that encrypted end to end? Yes, it is encrypted end to end. Um, both the you know the now remember that if you are so for example if you're doing it through our through the uh, uh, right now the, the if you're doing it through the the extension you're already connected, uh, you know, so let's say you want to do your bank statement, you know, which is pretty private, right? You know, we, we basically round robin it. We push it, you, you give us permission to push it. We push it to the server. We give you the file and you download it to your machine and that's it, it's done. We, we don't ever, we don't touch it, it's gone. The moment we, the moment it, we process it, it's thrown away. And that's all end-to-end -end encrypted. Um, when we deal with embedding our, being embedded in a CMS or a content management system, those are publicly facing documents. So we don't really need to worry about, you know, keeping those, keeping those secure. So that, you know, although most web services are doing, you know, end-to-end -end encryption now anyway, we are very, very uh, aware of the need for security and, and securing people's information and keeping information anonymous and not keeping stuff lying around on the server. Uh, for example, even when we work with, uh, with uh, on-site stuff, we don't do anything, we, we don't store anything ourselves. We ask you to, you know, a, a corporate uh, entity to provide us a, a, a place to put what we create. So for example, the way I, I, I the, the, the analogy I use is we're a copy machine. You put your inaccessible document in one side, you push a button, we do our magic and out the other end comes a, you know, an accessible document and we don't know none the wiser. You need to give us a place to put that accessible document because 
Otherwise, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. We're keeping tabs of it. In fact, we don't know anything about the document once it's done. I um, I always like asking the old timers this, being an old timer. Um, but you know, you sort of came onto the scene at, at sort of a very sort of pivotal time. Um, you know that those the late '90s when the internet was just starting up, and obviously, you know, you saw that and you saw that huge opportunity to really, you know, take advantage of of this new technology and leverage it to to drive accessibility forward do you feel like we're in a similar time right now in terms of say machine learning for example that's a great question um i think that we've kind of in 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 our community we've kind of come full circle when i started serotech there was very little accessible information available and if you wanted to get at it, you needed to spend a lot of money and have a lot of training to get at it. And you needed to do it within the confines of work or school. There were people like myself that were just regular consumers that wanted to access this information. It was very difficult for us to do so. Um, having been a trainer, I, I got introduced to JAWS, so I, I had a leg up, but it was really a haves and have nots. And then as the internet has progressed, I've watched older folks get online. My mother's online. I've, I've used, I used to use her as a reference back then, but she's still online. 70 some odd years old now and online and now doing Facebook and this and that. So the information has gotten better. Guys like Ryan and myself, we flip around the internet for the most part and get what we want, but there's still a problem. People are still going blind every day. People are still, you know, needing easy to use solutions because they they just don't get it. And that information needs to be parsed out to them. And I think that that's that as a company, when when it comes to what we're doing for consumers, which is providing, com, you know, community solutions that keep them, com, you know, connected, that keep them informed, keep them entertained all in, an, in you know, in a uh, in an accessible format, I think that that's important. Machine learning, when it comes to, everybody wants to banter that word around these days. Machine learning, machine learning, machine learning. Well, what is it? You know, in our case, it's simply going out there and telling a computer, this is what you think it is, but let me tell you how it really is. And then the computer's saying, oh, okay. And being able to do repetitive tasks we all like to believe that we're unique, and we are in our own personal ways, but there are formulas to doing just about anything. If not, we wouldn't have any teachers of the visually impaired, and we wouldn't have any mobility instructors. And If there wasn't a formula to do things, our job as a company is to figure out that formula, give that formula to the machine learning algorithms and say, you have at it. And then let the, the machines that can think a lot faster than we can come up with solutions. And I think that Scribe is going to definitely provide that solution when it comes to augmented document remediation. Well, it, it levels the playing field. It gives us access to the inaccessible. You know, I can attest to the service itself. You know, you provided me with a demo link. I had a document or PDF that was a scanned image that JAWS just said empty document, blank document. I couldn't read it. I, I threw it at Scribe and, you know, literally had it back pretty much instantaneously. And 
I was able to read all the content and without a product like that, like you mentioned earlier, I would have had to use like Kurzweil or OpenBook or, you know, some other pricey technology to recognize that text. So, you know, there's a huge, huge audience for a product like this. The other day I was on, um, on the Lowe's website and Lowe's is a, 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 a company here in the States that sells like, you know, building materials and stuff yep. for your home. It's a home improvement kind of place. Right. And I was looking at the numbers of products that they had on that website and how every single one has a different instruction manual. Who's going to make all those accessible? Who's responsible? With Lowe's just saying, you know what? We're going to put Scribe in front of all of this. You just fixed your problem, man. You just, you fixed your problem for pennies. And the beauty of it is that Scribe doesn't work until it has to. It's done on the fly. So they don't need to pay for what they don't consume. You know, in fact, our, our, our packages for, for, uh, for companies like that are unlimited where, and, and for us to be bold enough to say, we give it to you unlimited. We know, we know that it's not, you know, what it needs to be there and it needs to be economical and a company is not going to sit there. We're, we're not going to meter their information. You know, they're, 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 they're providing information to people. They should be able to set this thing and forget it. And if somebody needs a better copy of the document, I mean, if you're reading how to put your barbecue grill together or how to read, you know, what, what's, what's in that bug spray you just bought for your, for your lawn, you know, or if you want to know where the, what the refrigerator manual is, you can get all that stuff. You don't need that stuff 100%. I mean, you could be a nitpicky person and say, I want it. Well, you way want it. I get it. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, hey, I, I, I want to be 20 pounds lighter and I, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, I get started, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's just the world we live in. We need to accommodate. And I mean, yeah, guys, I get it. You know, again, we got to accommodate really, you know, we had to do this with windows and then we had to do it with mobile and then we had to do it now with the cloud and with, yep. Guess what? The world's always changing, man. And everybody has to accommodate. And I think that there's a place for augmented document remediation. I think there's a place for, for, uh, for edu you know, for human remediation. I've owned a number of companies in my life and I've built a couple of buildings in my life. And I can tell you something about building a building. Um, there are very interesting parts of building that building. And part of that is making sure they come up to code. And one of those codes is putting in ramps and putting accessible bathrooms and making sure that there's braille signage and there's elevators with braille, all of these different things that I know need to happen. But not once did I have to hire in-house a ramp maker or a sign placer or whatever. I just needed to say, I want that because I know it's necessary, but that's not my damn main line of business but it needs to be done. And that's where I think that, listen, if a company can afford to put in remediation people, great. But if not, we need to bring the cost for outsourcing remediation down because you can't have a small percentage of your market, you know, gobbling up a large part of 
your revenue on producing just to be compliant with a law that I mean that 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 they're they they keep nipping and tucking and they just don't make you know the, now they're finally I think they're in a place where you know the laws are open enough to interpretation if done ahead of time like I said most of the time when we hear about these large lawsuits um, it's that the the court is going to make an example out of whoever did whoever you know violated the rights of a person to have access to information as well they should and said now you need to be 100% compliant that's not what the law says the law doesn't say that it needs to be 100% compliant it says it needs to be accessible and as a blind person i would if i saw a company trying to make my life accessible and they didn't meet my expectations I'll be darned if I'm going to take him to court. I'd rather talk to somebody in the company and say, hey, man, how can I, can I help you make this better for me and for others that come along after me? Because we're just like that. As a community, I think we're just like that. That's true. Ryan says that all the time, actually. That's always his, his counter argument to my sue the pants off. That's, that's what he always says. So, Not. And a perfect example of that is our Focusrite audio interfaces. The, the new third generation models come with software called Focus Control or Control Room software that is totally inaccessible. And they have actually asked me to help beta test and make their software better because as a blind user, they spent an hour and a half with me on the phone trying to get mine up and running and working. So, you know, I'm, I'm not all about litigating. The more we reach out to these companies, the more opportunities we have to make things better. So, yeah. And I mean, litigation, litigation has its place, unfortunately. And just because you sue somebody doesn't mean you hate them. It's sometimes corporations need to be sued because they've got so many irons in the fire. You need to make sure your gets to the top, yours gets to the top of the fire. I'm not, I'm not particularly enthusiastic about getting into those companies. You know, they've got their own battles to fight and we'll gladly take their money. But the one that bothers me is the small guy, the small pizza place, or the that, that there's trolls out there right now that are going to small restaurant chains or small stores and saying, oh, you've got a publicly facing website and you've got five documents on there that aren't accessible. I'm gonna sue you for everything you've got and they're winning. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just crap, dude. That, that's, that, that's, that's foul. You know, we want to provide a way for that company to say, I don't know anything about accessibility, but I want to make sure that we're accessible. How can I do that? We say, well, here, do, you know, here's, here's some, here's, uh, for the first step is here's Scribe, so we can put it in front of your content. As NUMA, as NUMA grows, I, I'd like to see us doing seminars on how to teach a company to create an accessible content creation solution for in-house and and we may end up being that solution i don't know you know but you know most of the the biggest challenge i think we have as a community is getting access to legacy information a company should not be expected to make everything they've ever created in electronic format 100 percent accessible from the beginning of time to now that's just not fair and and it's not cost effective so california was cited for not having accessible documents in 2017. The Department of Justice declared that they needed to make 
there are 2.6 million documents, not 2.6 million pages, folks. 2.6 million documents. They need to make them 100% accessible and they gave them two years to do it by July of 2019. Let's go through this step by step. The first mistake they made is how did they prioritize the documents that were gonna make the grade for a full human remediation? They looked at Google Analytics and whatever documents were done in the first year, those are the documents that got remediated, whatever document was, whatever documents were requested in the previous year. They ended up with about 100,000 documents or so, 113, I think, something like that. They it took them two years to do it. And at the end of two years, 2.5 million documents got taken offline. And the state at that point had spent $6 million to do this. And this is vital information about employment, about college educations, about fires, you know, the, the, all the fire history in California for the forest fires and all that. All that stuff got pulled offline for everybody, not just, not just print impaired people, for everybody. Now, Scribe wasn't in existence back then, but let me give you, let me give you a scenario. Say they came to me today and they said, hey, Calvo, we got 2.5 million documents. And each document is four pages. Okay, just for, so let's make it a round number. And we say we got 10 million pages. We would do, now by conventional standards, 10 million pages at their numbers, which are an average of $17 a page and took them two years. So I don't know how many, how much it cost them in man hours to get all that stuff produced in government oversight and all that stuff. But just $17 a page times 10 million, what is that, $170 million, I think, to do, to do just the, those 10 million pages? That's a whole chunk of change. Okay, while on the other hand, we, and it would have taken them if they were doing, if they, if they did 100,000 documents in two years, it would take them well over a decade. Using the power of the cloud and our cloud-based solution for full library conversion, uh, we would be able to do all 10 million documents using the power of the cloud in probably about a weekend. Wow. That's way really more productive than my weekend, that's for sure. So it would save them, it would save them, right? It would save them $160 million and it would save them and it would, and it would have information, perhaps not to 100%, 95%, it would get that stuff immediately online and then they could go to the court and say, hey, if people ask for 100% human remediated, we commit to giving it to them. And then what we do, what we're doing is we turn around and we provide, if they want us to, to do it, document remediation services at a significantly discounted rate. Why? Because we're using it to enhance our model, man. So we want the information. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, it's totally, it's, 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 that is probably one of the most compelling scenarios that I can think about for this technology. Um, amongst others, I mean, you know, we have people um, in law enforcement that are visually impaired that are going through and using our technology to examine, you know, digital uh, digital information and, and digital exhibits and digital evidence. 
And that's really cool because we're keeping people's jobs. So, I mean, there's, there's just so much to this. And, 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 and I, I, for one, am really excited about what the future holds. It, as an old guy, I mean, I got I to gotta confess, and, and I'm not old, I'm 52, that's not old. In our industry, it is old. But at this point, you know, I was just like, man, I, I, you know, I gave this 20 years, 15 years, 20 years. You know, I said this right around the 15 year mark, what am I gonna do? I mean, you know, I, I didn't really see a niche, but as I started working with this technology with Matt, as I started talking to people, and especially your government in Canada, the Canadian government was instrumental in behind the scenes in looking at what we were doing um, with Scribe and over the last two years participating with us in developing this product, um, not only for Canadians uh, to be able to use for accessing information, but for the world, man. And, and, and I'm forever thankful to your government for that. They didn't charge us anything. They didn't, they were just so helpful and so open and, and just such a, a, a joy to work with and so honest, um, you know, that, that, that I really couldn't have thought of a better, a better uh, organization uh, to help us develop this product that I think is gonna shape the world for everybody. And because of that, we do multilingual products because, you know, everything in Canada has to be multilingual. <laughs> yep. May we. So when can we expect it? The product is, is, it was supposed to come out in March, right after CSUN. Um, right now, quite honestly, we're having a little trouble because every company we talk to, it's coronavirus all the time, 24-7. Right. And <clears throat> what we're doing, I mean, we're certainly not giving up on it. We're moving forward. Uh, but as a company, we've had to pivot a little bit more to the consumer side and say, what can we do for, you know, the captive audience that we do have that is literally captive in their homes right now? Mm -hmm. And how can we make their lives better and enhance their lives and give them more access to information? And of course, increase our revenue and 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 live to sell Scribe once this whole thing is past us. Right. All right, sir. Well, uh, speaking of that, why don't if for anybody who is interested in um, Scribe or Numa, uh, where can they find you on that whole worldwide web thing? Okay, so we are at www.numa, and that is spelled. P-N-E-U-M-A, pneumasolutions.com, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. <laughs> and again, it means, pneuma means uh, wind with knowledge, and we are an accessible cloud services company. Uh, we're going to be providing access to Cero, which is our connected community. Cero means connected and Scribe, which is our document, our augmented document remediation platform, remote incident manager, remote access manager, which are our remote training and support solutions uh, for corporate. And there is more to come in the future. Wonderful. Well, listen, So, thanks so much for taking the time out and talking with us about this stuff. Um, and thank you just from in general, like you, you are doing really important work. 
um, and you've had a real big impact on on uh, a lot of people's lives in you know the past 20 years. So, well, thank you. I, I, I'm I'm honored. I'm honored to still be. Um, what's the word? Relevant. Viable. What is it? Relevant, viable. Yeah, just that. I mean, that I've still got something to contribute. <laughs> right. You know, really. I mean, you it, still it, got it, son. Well, I don't know if I still got it, but somebody thinks I might. So, <laughs> send your checks. No, it, it, I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm honored. Um, I've, I've worked with some incredible people. Um, I, I'm just guilty of being the ringleader. <laughs> um, but I have, I have worked with some amazing people throughout the years, and I would totally be remiss if, if I accepted uh, even a, a large portion of that, of that of that uh, very kind statement. Um, I have worked with just tens of people, <laughs> hundreds of people um, that have done amazing things and not the least of which is uh, my development partner uh, who is like my bestest, bestest friend, Matt Campbell. He is, uh, he is an amazing person inside and out and uh, an, an amazing developer. Uh, and anybody that has had the pleasure of working with Matt is really lucky because uh, as I as, as should, should certainly feel as lucky as I have uh, because I'm the dreamer and he's the doer and you can dream all you want, but if you can't get her done, then you can't get her done. And that's why we're a good team. Anytime you want to come on and uh, and come on again and, and talk, it's always fascinating to talk to such a, a veteran like you. Well, shoot, what are you doing next week? No, no. Right, right. Listen, ask, ask Ryan. He's the scheduler. I don't know, right? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> we'll be in touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have your office call my office. We'll do lunch. <laughs> All right. That's, it's a deal. All right, sir. Thanks, guys. Hey, hang on, hang on, Mike. You, you might not be aware of this, but, uh, you know, every uh, Thursday at uh, 8 p.m. your time, we're doing a virtual pub night as well. Oh, that's oh, cool. Oh, cool is that? Is it on Zoom? Yeah. yeah, it's on Zoom. We've been doing it for, what, six weeks or so? And more than oh, that, I think, now. I think it's, it's, yeah, it it's could been be. over two months. So, well, yeah, we, we put me on the list so you guys, if you guys send out, like, a, if you guys send out, like, a, an invitation, I'd, I'd love to go hang out. So can I bring a beer? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll, put you, I'll put you on our mail list. Oh, do that, man. Very cool. I like it. I'll yeah, no, you beer. have to bring a beer. It's it's mandatory. Okay. Mandatory. I'm bringing the beer. <laughs> All right, sir. Take, All right, gentlemen. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. Hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atbanter.com. Where else can they find us, Steve? They can also find us on the social medias. They can find us at Facebook. They can find us on Twitter. They can find us on Instagram. We are out and about. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, well, with that, boys, I think that that's going to about do it for this week. I think we've done enough damage for, for one week. Um, thanks so much, everybody, for listening in. Big thanks to Mike Calvo. And for saving the world. For saving, for saving the world. That's right. Uh, and we will see everybody next week. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 